Our scripture reading this morning comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. In the day of prosperity, be happy. But in the day of adversity, consider, God has made the one as well as the other, so that man will not discover anything that will be after him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Happy Sunday. So I do have a letter to read from the Laity Board, and I'm going to start with that. This is something that in every church we would be reading this morning. I think. I, I don't have any way of checking, but supposedly we're all doing this. <laughs> Lady consists of all members who are not part of the clergy. The Book of Disciples says, the ministry of the Lady flows from a commitment to Christ's outreaching love. Lay members of the United Methodist Church are, by history and calling, active advocates of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every lay person is called to carry out the Great Commission. Every lay person is called to be missional, to, make, to become a disciple of Christ. What is the role of the laity in our church? Laity partners in ministry with the clergy in providing leadership development and promoting discipleship across the conference. Laity has the opportunity to serve on various committees in their local churches, the district, as well as the conference committees, especially those with professional skills, such as accounting, law, engineering, business, nursing, social work, etc. The Laity Board, through the Leadership Academy, provides support for the development of local church leaders through the Lay Servant Ministries. Also, many of our Laity enroll in Mission U, a cooperative development opportunity sponsored by United Women in Faith and the GNG, which is offered each summer. In addition, this fall, through Leadership Academy, courses will be offered on the organization and ministry of the local congregation. We celebrate and engage the, the laity to share innovative local church ministries through our yearly lay ministry recognition awards. And that is from our district lay leader. So, today I wanted to talk a little bit about finding the good in stories that seem like they're maybe not so good. So I have three different stories that I'm going to share with you. The first story that I want to share with you is a story from about 10 years ago. Some people know, but not everybody knows. At one point, I was a school principal for a little while. And as the school principal, I had a meeting with the lady who runs the cafeteria and we sat down together and we decided let's have a little committee of students and they can collaborate with what they would like on the menu. So we, we get this committee together. Now this was an elementary school, mind you, so we had a little collaborative committee of third, fourth, and fifth graders who were deciding what they would like to add to the menu. So of course, you know, in Bergen County, what do you know, suburban kids want to add to their school menu? Chinese food. So somehow my, my cafeteria manager 
figured out a way to do it. She created a little lunch, a hot lunch that had chicken and broccoli and some rice, and every student got a fortune cookie. I was so proud of myself, patting myself on the back. We did it, we, we implemented this goal, we, we collaborated with the students. And I had a little boy in second grade who I loved. He was so smart and he had really thick glasses. And so at one point his mother calls me and she says, Mrs. Brinker, we have to have a meeting. Now, you know, I, I just want to say that when you become a principal, there's all these different things that you prepare for. There's case studies and there's educational law. There's a lot of things that you're not prepared for. So now I'm starting to think, why does Mrs. McInerney, she had a very strong Irish accent. Names are changed to protect the innocent, by the way. So why would she want to meet with me? I'm getting nervous. Is somebody bullying him? What happened? So she comes into my office and she says, we have a problem, a very big problem. I haven't been able to sleep. My son got a very bad fortune cookie. <laughs> and he says, the fortune cookie said, fortunately, your life is coming to an end. Now I said, Mrs. McInerney, I've been eating Chinese food for 40 years. I've never seen a bad fortune before. But she was convinced, and she was upset, and she couldn't sleep. So I had to now call in my cafeteria manager and say, what, what could this be? What's happening? What's going on? She's able to reach out to the fortune cookie company. They gave us a whole list of possibilities of what it could have been. And we finally figured out that it must have, he, the one that he read, see, he threw it out. Too. That's the other thing. He didn't keep it. He read the bad fortune and then he threw it away. So there was a possibility that the one that he read said financial hardship in your life is coming to an end. But he saw financial and in second grade he thought it said fortunately and so that's why they were upset. <laughs> so when I look at that story and I think at that, you know, at, there's a lot of other school leaders that would say what a nightmare. What a problem. They don't warn you about this stuff. There's no way you could know, like no way you could predict. There's no way you could be ready for that. But when I look at that story, I don't see that. I feel like we had a collaborative, we had a beautiful collaborative story there. We, we included the students. We figured out what the issue was. We I, I was so happy to call Mrs. McInerney and tell her this is what it was. And then I had actually had the little fortune taped to my computer for years. <laughs> so I, I just feel like God sent me that story to, to remind me that that wasn't a nightmare story. That was a good story. Highlight how we collaborated. Highlight how we worked together. Highlighted how there are no bad fortunes. There were so many things about that story that I love. And I love to share it because I, I'm Today, my message is, let's, let's find the good in some of our stories, okay? So the next story, the next one is, I was at a diner. Now, if anybody has ever been to a diner with me for breakfast, you will know that usually when I go to a diner, I bring in a tall cup of coffee that's already started because I get up very early. Not that I'm trying to not buy my coffee. That's not what I'm doing. I allow the waitress to pour the coffee that I'm buying in my travel mug. Everybody with me? Okay. So I was sitting at my table and I went, the travel mug was tall, so I started to stir 
my coffee mug with my butter knife. So our server comes over, and he's staring at the two of us sitting at the table, and then he turns around on his heels and he leaves. And the person that I was with was saying, you see what I mean? People are so rude. Service is terrible. I can't believe that people just walk away without even saying anything. And going on and on and on about this, this big problem that this person walked away from our table without taking our order. And what happened was, and, and also I could say that English was not the first language for this server. What happened was, the person saw what I was doing, stirring my tall cup with the butter knife, and he ran to the back and he found me a Sunday spoon. And he said, here, you can have this. And I still have it. Don't tell the diner. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think of that story all the time. I think of it often because I feel like God sent me that story too. Like, that is, that is it. It's a long spoon, right? That's the story. It's a long spoon. <laughs> it's, it's not the other stuff, the stuff that you were quick to judge. He, he did this, and he did that, and he ignored us. No, he got this bright idea, and he ran, and he got me this long spoon. So because of that, I brought everybody today in church um, a long spoon that you're going to take home with you. But I, I got um, I got a little carried away, and I thought 100 people would be here, so. <laughs> you get a spoon, and you get a spoon. And so take a few. So um, now I have a third story, and I want to start the story by thanking everybody for being so supportive when my dad passed away a month ago. Um, my heart is still very much broken, and I, the grief that I carry around with me every day is very, very heavy, but... I want to tell you that story too, because it's a beautiful story. So one part of that story is that my father passed away on mom's birthday. That's not it. So everybody just went, oh. That's not exactly it. It's a beautiful love story. And I'm going to tell you how. First, their first date was for her birthday over 60 years ago. Also, um, he, my father was very much committed to spoiling my mom and giving her the best. So a, a couple of weeks before he passed away, he was, I'm not, I, I mean, he really was, he was pestering my sister and my brother and I, telling us, I want to get mommy something expensive. I want to get mommy something extravagant. I want to get her something good. I'll give you my credit card. I, she takes such good care of me. Get her a good gift. I mean a real, spend a lot, spend a lot. Now, if you know my mom, she doesn't really, you know, she doesn't need anything. She's, she's not the type of person, like there's nothing that she would really pick. So it was hard to get my mom to pick something that she would like or want. She, she has what she wants right now. So at one point, I pulled her out into the hallway at her house, and I said, Mom, you're going to pick something expensive, and you're going to act shocked when you open it. <laughs> to which my mother answered me and said, all I want for my birthday is for him to be out of pain. And he even gave her that. So the day of her birthday, I dropped her 
at the hospital and she walked into his room and he said happy birthday to her and those were his last words on earth. I'm going to add in this part, too, because I like to add this part in. His hospital room had a view of Giant Stadium. If I was writing the story, I wouldn't have even been that creative to say, and let me put in a view of Giant Stadium in the hospital room. So I feel God gave me that beautiful story. And I I feel like it's a story I have. It's a gift. God led me there. And when I... I read those words, he leadeth me. God led me to that beautiful, beautiful love story. And so the whole part where you all went, oh. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Does everybody see what I mean? It's a beautiful love story. Can you say yes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to look at our church now, okay? A lot of times you can look at this church and you can say, we'd like more people in the pews, Right? We'd like more volunteers. We'd like more leaders. We'd like more money in our account. Right, Bob? (laughs) But that's not it. That's not it. It's the long spoon. We are the church. The people that are sitting here, we're the church. We are here for each other like nobody's business. And I'm going to say, again, thank you so much to everybody who supported me last month by texting me and calling me and dropping off alcohol be- alcoholic beverages on my front porch <laughs> and other presents that were dropped off and the cards and your presence and showing up for us. And I've seen this church come together. Like I think back to even Dottie Palm's um, celebration of life, how everybody came together and worked so hard and We can do hard things, and we're here for each other. We support each other. We do have struggles, and we do disagree, and we do go through challenging times. But when somebody asks you about this church, I want you to think about the long spoon. It's not the other thing. It's the good stories. It's Christina Finelli's voice. And then it's Mike Lavatol jumping out of his pew to help Song turn the pages. It's the committees. You you know, you you flash a picture of Timmy who knows where every rusty hinge is in this entire organization. It's everything. We have a worship leader today who knows off the top of his head the history of Lady Sunday and also the history of the Apostles' Creed just like it's nothing. We are blessed We are lucky. We are super lucky to have this church family. This church is a long spoon. We have a pastor who goes out of her way to bring in the community. Trunk or treat, new tradition for Hillsdale. And when the little girls in the the nursery school get to see a pastor in our church, they can look and say, that could be me. How lucky are we? This place is a long spoon. That's all I'm accepting. Okay, so anytime anybody ever asks you about our church, just say it's a long spoon. Now, that is what I have for today. I am going to close by bringing up Rick Perdue, who's going to read a letter to you. And while he's reading his letter, 
I'm going to come around and hand you your uh, spoons to make sure everybody gets a spoon. So Rick, if you wouldn't mind joining us up here. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. The letter I'm about to read to you, you, many of you already have. It's in an envelope that Bob Salvati gave you this morning. For those of you at home, um, you'll actually be receiving a copy of this letter in the mail. This is from myself and the church council. Open minds, open hearts, open doors. These words are said every Sunday morning and greetings from the worship leader to start our service. These words could be looked upon as our church's second mission statement. As you may have been reading, there has been a major discussion among United Methodist churches. The church council and I would like to clarify the situation. The discussion revolves around staying with the United Methodist Church um, within the United Methodist Church umbrella or moving to the Global Methodist Church. Last November, the church council agreed to stay the course of being part of United Methodist Church. The differences between the two are mostly philosophical, highlighting our beliefs, understandings, and attitudes. The Hillsdale United Methodist Church will remain within the general New Jersey District, the greater New Jersey District. We will continue to be part of the connected body of the United Methodist Church nationally and internationally. This congregation is an open-minded congregation. We are an inclusive body. We are not concerned with race, socioeconomic standing, or sexual orientation, including our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters. All of God's children are welcome within our doors. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39, Jesus was asked, which of the commandments was the greatest? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. Some say the second should be first. Jesus did not say love your neighbor with the same skin color. He did not say, love your neighbor with the same hair or eye color, or the neighbor who makes the same or more money than you do. There were no caveats to love your neighbor. We at Hillsdale United Methodist Church open our doors to all who want to follow Christ and expand their spiritual growth. We and the United Methodist Church are an inclusive body that will not discriminate against anyone. Now you may ask, what is it about the global Methodist churches that will be different than the United Methodist Church? The global Methodist Church will not be part of the United Methodist Church connectional organization any longer. That means that they will be independent. 
they will practice a much narrower interpretation of the Bible and they will not be an inclusive organization. I hope some of your questions have been answered. If you have any others, please feel free to contact me or any church council member. Thank you.